Hello, welcome back to another episode of Crowdwork Cast. My name is Andrew Barnett. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, before I get into this week's guest, I do have to do some shameless self-promotion. Uh, as many of you know, Sydney Comedy Festival is underway and I have a show in the Sydney Comedy Festival. So if you are in the Sydney area or you're going to be in the Sydney area between the 17th and the 21st of May, uh, I would love for you to get along to my show uh, my show is called Wise Man, and I'll be performing 7.30 uh, on the 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th, which is a Wednesday through to a Saturday. The show will start at 7.30. Uh, and on the Sunday, which is the 21st, the show will start at 6.30 p.m. I'll be at the Enmore Laneway uh, at the Enmore Theatre. So uh, it's basically at the Enmore Theatre. It's just one of the smaller rooms uh, in that uh, beautiful, beautiful old theatre. Uh, I would love for you to come along. Uh, you can get tickets through uh, sydneycomedyfestival.com.au and just look for my name, or you can go to my website, andrewbarnettcomedy.com. But that's enough of this shameless self-promotion. Uh, now time to talk about my guest for this week. Uh, my guest this week is a, uh, a man who's very well known in the Australian comedy scene and in particular in the Sydney comedy scene, uh, Mr. Darren Sanders. Uh, as well as being a uh, comedian who's uh, performed all over Australia, Darren also uh, is a room runner. A, uh, he's run several uh, comedy clubs, uh, most notably the Laugh Garage, um, which was a, a sort of Sydney comedy institution for a, quite a few years in on Park Street right in the city there. You used to go down in the little basement. And it's where many uh, many of us, including myself, um, uh, did quite a few open mics and then uh, eventually graduated to, to, to do some of the uh, weekend shows. Um, and now, of course, Darren runs the Sydney Comedy Club, uh, which is every Saturday night uh, at Luna Park. Um, Darren's a really interesting guy. Uh, he, I think you'll hear from this. Um, he cares a lot about comedy, and uh, he, yeah, he just he's loves it. He's uh, he's also um, he self produced a uh, a late night TV show that you can see on Aurora on um, on Foxtel called the Darren Sanders Show. Uh, yeah, he's he's a really interesting guy. He's a lovely guy, and he's one of these guys who does. You can I think you'll hear from this. He cares deeply about comedy. And, uh, yeah, and uh, he's just really passionate about it. Um, he also, uh, yeah, this this chair, this conversation, I'll be honest, it didn't go exactly where I thought it was going to go. I, I thought we'd, uh, I was planning on chatting to him about his, you know, where he grew up and getting to know a little bit more about his backstory. But we ended up talking a lot about comedy. And I will apologise if this seems a little, uh, this conversation is a little inside comedy. Um, but, yeah, that just seemed to be where the conversation headed um, with Darren. And, and it was interesting for me in the room. So hopefully it's interesting for you uh, listening wherever you're listening. Anyway, uh, that's probably enough uh, me rambling. Let's tuck into it. Uh, this is episode number 25 with Darren Sanders. New episode. G'day, mate. What's your name? My name is Darren William Sanders. Darren <laughs> William. Like I feel like I need a hand on a Bible or something. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, you're not getting sworn into court. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could be. Yeah, well. It's something I've never done. I think it's, we're lucky that we don't. Do you ever get called up for uh, jury duty? Have you ever had any of those? No, my mum actually just, she'd been called a bunch of times and she was down minding my kids for school holidays. And, um,. So she got another, yeah, you have to go. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'll just go for the afternoon. You just go along, get dismissed. She was on a uh, on a nine-day trial. Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it, I think we can get out of it without jobs. 
Yeah, you'd have to think so. Yeah, because it's because <laughs> you don't know when you're going to work next. Well, that's I it. can't be on a jury. Yeah. Oh, my, well, she was saying that um, when she was this is in Newcastle, there was a um, they, they were calling him. They were telling him they were calling him people just after them that were going to be there for a seven month trial. Jesus, you imagine putting your life on hold for seven months? Yeah, you, you'd want to have a pretty interesting trial to sit through, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you'd imagine too, like you'd have to doze off too. Surely, if you're on a box, it, or how you'd—I don't know how it's if it works, like you see on TV, where you know twelve jurors are in that box, like in America. But seven months of that, you'd be, oh yeah, <laughs> you'd be nodding off in the afternoon. Surely. Well, every time they have the legal arguments, the void is about yeah. whether you, um, you know, whether something can be admitted into evidence. The jury have to leave, and they just right. get put in a room. And like yeah. she said, there's no, you, you know, your phone, you don't have anything. You just like yeah. nothing to look at. You're just staring at the walls at each other. Yeah, and that's what my mum's like. She likes to get out for a morning walk, and she's real into that. And so her and this other lady were doing, uh, apparently, just doing laps of the room. It'd be tempting, wanted to look at each other and go, "Hey, what, what, what do you say? We just, uh, we say we just lock this guy up." Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> He's guilty. Yeah, yeah, guilty. He, he looks shady. Yeah, yeah. Well, she looks shady. You can't go both oh. ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, she went for a drink with two of the other jurors after the trial finished. I'm like, you can't do that. That's not. Can you do it afterwards or during? Well, you, you can't, can't do it you, during. You, you, can you do can't it do it during. You can do it after. You can go socialise. But I was like, Mum, you can't make friends on a jury. Reunion every. Yeah, that can't be how yeah. you know each other. Yeah, yeah. Where did you meet? Jury duty. Yeah. 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 Well, what well, happened? Oh, got life. Yeah, <laughs> we ruined a man's life. <laughs> yeah. We was we weren't even sure, but why? That, ah, yeah, he that, made us sit that, for that, nine that days. Lawyer, that lawyer was, you know, boy, yeah, he was real creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the and the lawyer for the prosecution seemed so nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all those, uh, yeah. I I don't think I'd like to be no on a jury, to be honest. Then again, it could be worse. I don't want to be a a. a, a on, on trial either. Yeah, well, there yeah. is that. Yeah. There, there are worse places to be in the courtroom. Do you ever think that sometimes? Yeah. Do, you ever th- do you ever have that weird... I'm probably going way off track here. I've, I've, I'm asking you questions, but do you ever feel like you've ever done something bad and you've got away with it? I do you ever have that feeling? Like, whether it's happened in a dream or something like that? Yeah. And, and you think... And, and you know in your head, you go, somewhere I've done something and I've gotten away with it. Mate, the amount of dreams I've had where I've, like I'll have a dream where something happens and I've accidentally killed someone and then yeah. I'm just like, oh, well, this is it. That's yeah. my life yeah. done now. Like I'm yeah. I'm on the run. Yeah. You know, it's that yeah. thing where it's, yeah. it starts yeah. like those, like a bad movie where, you know, they, they, they make a minor mistake at the start and they just keep compounding and compounding yeah. and make. And I keep thinking now somebody's going to bust in and go, ha ha. And I'll be like, oh, no, nah, that wasn't me. Yeah. And then yeah. you could convince yourself. Then you get off. Oh, yeah. mate, yeah, I um, yeah, that that wasn't where I thought the no. opening bit of the going. So your middle name's William. Dreamed, yes, William, yes, William. Yeah. Now, um, and and what what do you do though, Darren? What is your job? I'm a comedian. Isn't isn't that why? Isn't that yes. who you, isn't that who you talk to on these podcasts? I, mostly comedians because yeah. they're the people I know. But yeah. I, my yeah. my rule okay. is anyone I uh, anyone that I think is interesting. Okay. So um yeah, for the moment that's well, what, what episode comedians. are you up to then? Uh, <laughs> I this this would be twenty two or twenty four. Okay. So I'm not as interesting as others. Well, you weren't. <laughs> 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 there were people that were uh, yeah. just you know sort available. of more accessible yeah. and available yeah. and uh, yeah. It's yeah. um well let's not power rank them no no um, okay because okay. uh, I'll probably those accessible ones might end up being back on the show just because I'm like oh man I need a guest yeah, yeah. so uh, I won't bad mouth uh, now anyone who comes do, on do for a second time yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but uh, Peter Mizell was the first okay. guest so you, you can you, join the dots on that yourself do you live nearby then yep. yeah, okay. yeah 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 he's about uh, fifteen minutes away okay yeah so. Nice. 
Yeah, but um, so comedian. How long have you been going now? How long have you been a comedian? Started in '93, so three, four, five, six, seven into my twenty-fifth year now. Twenty-five years. Yeah, That's, um, and uh, I'd hate to start again. Yeah, you know, I look look back at all those gigs that you had to do back then. Um, I'm not sure if people even do them now. There seems to be a different a different path at the moment. To yeah. what was around back then, you know, there was. So, what was the process back then? Like, how did oh, you strip clubs? <laughs> oh, know? really? Yeah, yeah, down in down in Melbourne, that was one of the earliest ones. Um, you used to host bucks nights at strip clubs down there. A strip club used used to um have, have different bucks nights come in. So, I think Dave Grant had the record of about seven in one night. I think it was. So you, oh, you start wow. one in one room, then you go to the next room, you start one there, you go back to that one, you introduce somebody, go to the next one, introduce somebody, start the next one, go back. So you sort of... You know, See, now if I know role. anything about guys who um, who are on a Bucks night and go to a strip club, yeah. is they're there to see comedy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the only thing they're interested in. <laughs> well, How hard was it's, that? Well, it's a good... It makes you work. And it, oh, and yeah. It, and it makes your timing... Uh, better because you've got a and and it gives you more power on stage too you learn how to to hold hold an audience yeah command um, it command i mean the that's, that's one of the things but you know you're also i did the mistake of trying to do weddings too oh wow you know early on and that's I, i'm pretty sure i fucked up a few people's weddings uh, <laughs> you, you weren't know. running out the same material that you were uh, at the buck show no hey, i no, recognize this no, guy no not really but um it uh you know i don't know why people do it it's just a strange idea um but you know, uh, then you just want to get stage time wherever you can, and that, yeah. and that's what you end up doing. Um, there, there were, I think, more uh, open mic rooms in the way. Well, I mean, back then the comedy store had a path for comics too. Um, uh, Twenty-five years ago, it was open mic night on a Tuesday, Wednesday night new comics, Thursday night comics on the block, or something. Friday, Saturday, full pro show. So you started off going there every Tuesday. Eventually, you'll get invited to a Wednesday where you do a longer set, then you end up doing a Thursday, you know, a support spot or MC. Then you end up doing a free spot Friday or Saturday. Then you get MC, support. Uh, they used to do two shows, so then you used to have to work on two different half hours so that they knew that, you know, you sort of had a, a headline available. But but that took, a, you know, that took 10 years to do. Yeah. You know, that wasn't just you go in... January and then February you're going, well, hang on, why aren't I headlining? Yeah. You know, you, you sat there and, and, and had that path so where, where I think it's a bit different now. So. It's it's changed just even in the, I think it's changed even in the time I've been going. I've been going sort of... Festivals change that in comics too because all of a sudden somebody wants to be in a festival and they go, right, have you got an hour? And they'll go, yeah, let me just... Well, no, come up with a show name. I don't think they ask. Yeah. Like you go to Melbourne, <laughs> no one's asking if you got yeah. the hour. They say, "Have oh, you got the yeah. money for the registration?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. want to find a room? You can. Yeah, if you're yeah. not in a festival managed venue, then mm. yeah. yeah. I was down there recently, and I noticed there's there's two festivals. There's the official festival, and then there's like the not an anti festival, but like really good club gigs. Mm. Um, you know, so so you do have that theatre aspect, which not many people are going to pull off unless you you are hooked into that that scene. But um, you know, and, and again, though, there was five hundred shows on, so yeah, it's amazing. You know. Without and without a public profile, yeah. that to me, that's it's a daunting prospect. Yeah. Like five hundred shows, because there is to a punter who doesn't recognise. It comes your down name. to the name, I think. Yeah, when I look at it, uh, not the name of the person, the name of the show. Oh, really? Like the things that that I think did well were obviously things like Best of Britain. 
So you target the British. Yeah. And then all the British that live there just see the ad and go, hey, all right, look at that, British, yeah, we'll go to that. And, um, so so I think those those formatted shows work. And also they, were, they weren't one, one person shows, they were, you know, four, four acts on in the, on the bill, so it gave people variety, and there's yeah. so many shows like that, which then makes it, I think, better or more, more enticing to the the punter who's going to go and watch a show. Well, it's not yeah. as big a risk if you you know if you're going to see four comics, the chances you'll like hmm. one of them as yeah. opposed to if you, if you go see someone doing an hour and you know you take generally they they've got another show they're doing as well apart mm. from that um, yeah that that mix so they do get to plug their other shows as well um, see when I, I went and did perth last year and i think the best move i made in perth was I, I did a bunch of the i was um i was doing my show in mount lawley and then i'd host uh, one of the showcases straight after my show in the in the other room at mount lawley bowling club right. uh, which is great because i you, you get nice exposure and then i got on a bunch of the showcase shows that you do in the town hall and whatever else while i was there but the first night i flew in I um I flew in on a Tuesday and I I, I organised it later. I didn't. I, I thought, yeah, I've got a night off the first night I'm there. I feel like it'd be nice just to get up, and do some stand up in Perth before I do my solo show the next night. So I thought, oh, so I just hit up an open mic, um, which I think is called Shapiro Tuesdays. Oh yeah, yeah I've, and I've been there. Yeah, yeah it's an old uh, old Rick Shapiro. Do you know Rick? No, I don't. Yeah, he's, he's been out here, but he uh he did the Laugh Garage years ago, and then he did. The world's funniest island. He's uh, he was on the first series of uh, Lucky Louie, Louis C.K.'s yeah. show. Yeah. Um. So it's, it was named after him, but he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a loose wire. unit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good, I know him only value. by yeah. I only know him by reputation. Yeah. I've yeah. never actually met him, but he um, yeah. my favourite thing on that Lucky Louie is when he comes out um at the scene where he comes out wearing uh, Louis's wife's um dressing gown <laughs> yeah. and just stretches and just his nuts yeah. are hanging out the bottom <laughs> just just a scene like that <laughs> odd charm to that yeah, yeah. but um so i did that i got up and did that and they because they didn't know me they just said oh he's a comedian you know yeah. they just assumed you know, whatever so they put me on at the start of the open mic section uh in the with the all the new open micers i just did yeah. the first five minutes in the second half yeah. and because you know obviously i've been going a bit longer had a little more than five minutes i just got up did the most polished five minutes i sort of had yeah and uh, fly it after the show, and I had someone from that show every night yeah. at my show, and I, which was, yeah. Um, yeah. Then I, then I'm looking at doing the, so I'm doing the show, and it was great to work all those showcases. But yeah. you're on those with, um, you know, I, I did a couple of those with sort of uh, Daniel Sloss was on that, right, and yeah. um, uh, Tony Woods. Yeah. So y- it's very hard to be the guy that sticks out in that show. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you go to the open mic. Um, a little bit, uh, a little yeah. bit easier to be the guy that sticks yeah. out. So, and also because they've got accents, what people do locally is always going to pick them over someone they think they can see any time. Well, the there, year. yeah, there is, yeah. there is that feeling like this person travelled, so let's go yeah. see. Yeah. There's an opportunity to yeah. to see them while they're here. Yeah. Um, which was it was I I enjoyed Perth, but it, it's a bit I I kind of like that. Uh, the way that was run, yeah. I really like the way that was run. In that it was, it's very managed. There's right. only so many ads uh, acts on any given week. Yeah, who runs that then? Uh, that's Century that. run that. Right. Okay. So yeah. that's, but that's cure. It's like it's a curated festival yeah. as opposed to which. Well, the well, it's great. The um, you know, like your Adelaide Fringe and your Melbourne Comedy Festival, and um, you know, a lot of the festivals around. It's you know, if you're a local act and you apply and you you're willing to put on a show, then you will get in. Yeah. That's great yeah. in terms of access for yeah. to getting getting into it. But um, in terms of um, 
prospects of making your money back. Yeah. It's much better to be in a in a more curated festival I I think. Like I mean there's there's obviously advantages and disadvantages to both. But yeah, I enjoyed Perth just because it was a bit more contained than the yeah. that anyone signed. It's good if it's all in that one precinct like Melbourne. Uh, with with there, everything's pretty central, you know, mm. and you just you just walk, you know, five minutes to another one or yeah. But but there's you know twenty venues, not three. Yeah. Um, and I, but also then I I saw there was a lot of, a lot of people putting up the sold out signs on there. This show, and it wasn't until I, w- I walked into the room, I went, "Hang on a minute, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got thirty seats in here." <laughs> well, I think that's the size of the venues in those yeah. little things, and, and you, it's something that people like the general public don't know a lot about. Obviously, what really goes on, but they know the big name things, so they'll always go, "Have you done the Melbourne Festival?" Yeah, you get, you get that so many times. That, that and you know, Carl Barron, they're the two questions. <laughs> um, but Which the, the I've got no for both of those, <laughs> so I'm the most disappointing answer. <laughs> yeah, no, Carl and I started about the same time, but um, um, the uh, the festival one, you, you know, if you actually got into telling the public, yeah, I did it. Uh, yeah, cost me six grand, you know. Nobody, yeah. nobody came, you know. But they go, but you did it. But you did the festival. Yeah, yeah but we'll you were in the it. Melbourne. Oh, that's great. You were <laughs> yeah. in the Melbourne. Like, yeah. and that's that. Yeah. That is one of those things where they like. The public perception is that's that is an acceptance of prestige that yeah. you that you were able yeah. to do and it. And then you tell them you, you could pay to go in it if you want. Yeah, yeah. You they're know, like, yeah. Oh, I know, I could never. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, you don't. I've seen some of the acts. You've been right. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's um, it is confi- like, and it's funny those things that people latch on to because I um, I'm doing uh, for Sydney Comedy Festival. I'm in um, one of the rooms at the Enmore Theatre. I'm in the laneway, which oh. is it's just a small room. It's like a little forty seater. What happens down there? Blowjobs? Well, yeah. well, you'll have to <laughs> pay your twenty bucks and come along to the show. Um, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things. They they just ran a um, you know, they send out the when in those you know they the the publicist for the festival yeah. just asks everyone you know where where do you live and they throw out a pitch to the lo- all the local papers. Oh yeah. yeah. And so the Canterbury Bank Stand Express just did a story uh, about me going okay, back to the, yep. doing the festival again. But in the, the in the story, um, you know, local uh, comedian is uh, doing uh, the Panania, uh, the Panania from Panania doing uh, doing the Enmore Theatre. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> detail is laneway. Lane. Yeah. And they got yeah. me there. The girl, oh, we need a photo. So, all right. Then, so <laughs> get get a photo in a laneway. Well, that's what yeah. she goes, meet me at the front of the, the okay. photographers. You know, I've got to meet her at the front of the Enmore Theatre. She yeah. goes, oh, she, oh, one of your posters up yet? And she's looking at all the big jobs. <laughs> all the big like, nah, probably won't be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, she's looking for my... Oh, she goes, oh, it's a bit. There's a flyer on a table in a cafe somewhere. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, it's um, oh, it might be a bit early because this is a, you know a few weeks ago. I was like, yeah, probably just a bit early. Yeah, <laughs> or it's never going to be one of these ten foot posters out yeah. the front of the Emerald Theatre because yeah. I'm not playing the main room. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, it's uh, it and it is funny because that like you know, it, depending how you do your marketing, some people just see the theatre like even if it's a factory theatre or mm. the Enmore. And they come in thinking they're going to the big room. Oh. I, don't know, I don't know if you've I did the container. Yeah, then they take a left and yeah, take well, a left at the candy shop and. 
through the exit door and out and a bit of good fellas out through the kitchen <laughs> down the <laughs> stairs around the corner. <laughs> I remember the, I remember a couple of years ago doing the um doing the fringe and I was at the factory theater in the container which is a nice little um yeah. it's, a, it's actually a nice little performance space especially for a guy like me I'm not a big uh, run around the stage guy yeah. I'm just pretty much stand at the microphone so and that limits your options because it's not that wide and I really like that space but a bunch of the um a bunch of the kindy parents, because my, you know, my oldest bloke was in kindergarten at the time, they all got excited that I was doing a show and they were all coming out. They're going to dinner and they're all coming. And so that Friday night show just sold out real yeah. quick because it's not a big room and there was heaps of these parents. And I could just see the looks on their faces when I walked out. They they just, all they saw was factory theatre. Oh, yeah, didn't yeah, look yeah. at what else. Yeah. And so now they're sitting in a converted shipping container <laughs> just going, holy <laughs> shit, what have we committed to? We, there's nowhere to hide yeah. at that point. If this, I can just see the look on their faces like, oh, if this is shit, you could, you it's going to be so awkward. That one there, you got to walk through the crowd to get to the stage as well? No, no, no. You, gotta, you, they've got, you, actually, you walk on from the back. There's and, a two doors to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, actually, it's actually a, um, a really nice performance space. Yeah. Like for a, for if you're just doing a nice conversational You could just put mirrors show. on either side. If they had mirrors either side, it'll give it that effect that there's thousands in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you could do there. The only thing, and they've, I think they've added extra air conditioning because that was the only thing I did. Oh. I did an extra show in November, and by the end of that show, it was yeah. getting quite warm. Yeah. But it's not a bad performance space. But you have to, It's one of those performance spaces you need to acknowledge how weird it feels for yeah. them yeah. when you walk in. Otherwise, for the first few minutes, they're like, "Wow, what's going on?" Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you've got you do have to acknowledge well, it. What, but is, what does the main theatre hold though? That's got to hold a few thousand, doesn't it? At the end, more. Yeah, I think that holds sixteen hundred. Yeah, about oh. for for comedy with the, all yeah. the seating. I think it's mm. about that, which is massive. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm instead of doing uh, one show with uh, only part of the um, the front section sold, mm. I'm doing five nights in a in a yeah. smaller room at the back. Yeah. yeah. Do, do they work the times out there? Because that's what I found in Melbourne. It's great because the shows were short enough. You go in, then you go, oh, you walk in, and go, well, I'll just go see something else now. I mean, I'm lucky enough I knew the comics, so I didn't have to yeah. pay, but I'm not sure if our punters go whether they do the same thing. But, you know, we did speak to some that went, oh, this is, it was like the third night of the festival. And some old couples were going, oh, this is the seventh thing we've seen. And oh, really? Yeah. And it's that's like, great. So, so some people must just do that and go, well, we'll go see two things a night or three things in the night. But, mm. but I did fine by. By the end of the night, you just you comedied out, you know. Yeah, you, you, you're watching stuff and it's just you're not even paying attention. So you know, I, I think well, you I think have an overlight. I, I prefer, you know, short attention span that I have is go in, laugh, get out. Yeah, yeah I think that um, too. As like someone, you probably see a lot more comedy than most people just in general. So I f- I find my I try not to watch any actually. I just. Uh, the, the stuff that makes me laugh is still the stuff that I watched before I started comedy. Who were your guys before yeah. you started comedy? Who were your... Um, well, well, on TV, there was always, you know, Dave Allen or yep. you know, Kenny Everett show, The Goodies. used to watch that. The Goodies you know? was great. Um, uh, American-wise, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy and uh, the early Robin Williams live show, Steve Martin. Uh, uh, and then later on, you know, you sort of get into Dangerfield and... Uh, George Carl and people like that, mm. um, but but I, I can still laugh at those routines. You know, wh- whether you hear blocks, I think because they were written as blocks, yeah, ten, ten minute blocks. Everybody had ten minute blocks, and um, and and you can still listen and laugh. Where now you hear a comedy thing, you don't, you can't remember what was said 
the show you just walked out on. You go, oh, there's something about dicks, but yeah, I can't remember the block. But you know, you, you look at those things, and and that they they've stood the test of time uh, as well. Well, especially so. Carlin. Carlin mm. wrote like he was writing an essay. Yeah, like a lot of his stuff was mm. very. It was incredibly structured. Yeah. And it was always very funny watching the crowd laugh and then realizing he's talking about them. Yeah, like <laughs> hang on a minute, that's us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I see. It's one of those things. It's it's very hard, I think, too, for comedy to not age. Yeah, like because it because it is sort of, uh, I think, of the moment. Like you know, you and that's one of the things I love about stand up. It's it's you can watch the best stand up specials, taped specials, or whatever, and you might laugh and have a great time at home. But you know, that's maybe a tenth yeah. of what it would have been in the room if yeah. you were there yeah. like that that feeling when you're there it just doesn't trans I and mean, that's one of, I think one of the issues with comedy now that people are getting told what comedy is mm. uh, you know the, and, and before things come out you, you're quoted you know this is the funniest thing ever the funniest show on TV the funniest person this this guy's hilarious whatever and you then watch it and you go well, no it's not you know um and people's perception of stand-up is different because they don't actually see it. Unless you go to a stand-up club or a stand-up yeah. venue, what you see on TV are little bits and pieces and it's uh, it's, it's contrived, it's it's done for that, for a studio maybe, or, you know, and, and the same thing with, with radio people, you know, th they're comedians, they're calling some of them, you know, and you go, well, hang on, they've never stepped foot on stage in front of a live audience, so maybe there's a different uh, definition of comedian that might need to be address but I think the public listen and go right oh so and so's a comedian well that's not very funny and then they assume things aren't funny anymore yeah and and then when they do see something funny it shocks them and they're like oh I can't believe this and you go well that's because you're not getting fed the right the right message about about comedy so yeah it's hard and it's, I think it's hard to depending like I I had a mate come to a show um recently um, that I was on and he um, he brought a bunch of you know mates from his work and this one guy was going to come and then at last minute pulled out because he said oh look I no I went to comedy yeah, I've a seen while ago yeah. and um, yeah, it was it was alright but there was just this one guy that just really sucked yeah I think it might actually may have been a girl one girl that really sucked and uh, yeah so I'm not going back to comedy I was like what yeah. you can't yeah. you, that's a, you went through you that's even crazy. by yeah. his own admission yeah. on the yeah. night. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. was some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. there was one there was act one. that he yeah. didn't particularly like, yeah. and he's like, "Ah, that's it for me. Yeah. Comedy's ruined." It's yeah. like you, mate, at that point, you're hurting yourself. It's you the same as when people come up to you sometimes after a show and they'll say things like, "I don't usually like comedy," and you go, "What kind of fucking life do you yeah. lead?" <laughs> you know, uh, how can you sit there and go, "I don't usually." Yeah, part of my life, I don't like laughing at shit. I mean, surely you can watch somebody trip over on the footpath and have a laugh or somebody farts and have a laugh but man like does somebody actually say i don't i don't like comedy but you've changed my mind it's like jesus yeah it's, it's weird it's, too because yeah. it's the guys that i find it's the guys that i don't like violence so you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let me yeah, punch yeah, you. yeah yeah just once yeah uh, <laughs> i am um, i find it's the guys that really that enjoy the show that will come up and go oh, i don't really like i you yeah. know i don't oh, usually yeah. like comedy yeah. but then it's the people who didn't enjoy like if something's offended them or whatever yeah. they want to defend the fact that they've got a sense of humor yeah like the people that enjoyed it they're happy to go oh i, I usually don't find anything funny yeah. but uh yeah. and then the people that didn't enjoy it are like well look I have the best sense of humour. Yeah. It's like, well, obviously yeah. you yeah. don't yeah. because you took a very simple joke mm. and uh, you thought... It's always it the one thing. They could laugh for 50 minutes and one joke turns 
Yeah. And then you just go. And sometimes it's even just to do with as little as the phrasing. Yeah. Of the way someone... I remember doing a doing a gig with um, Chris Winehouse and just the way he'd phrased... Um, he was sort of... I, I, I <laughs> threw when, you, when you mention his name, I go, wait, oh, yeah. this could be the way he phrased it, the way he worded it, or the way he said it to somebody. <laughs> well, this was... This was, he, he, um, yeah. this was the least of the, the yeah. things that spring to mind with Chris Winehouse that yeah. he could have said to an audience member. It was fairly innocuous and it was literally because... Um, I was I was messing around with him and um, him and Ray Badram were on one after the other, yeah. and uh, so the first night we were on together, Wayne House said to me, "Just introduce me as heaps better than that last bloke." Yeah. So I did that, and then but Ray said to me, "You got to do something for me tomorrow night." And then we were trying to think of what it was, yeah. you know, what can what can I do? And he goes, "It's not going to work if you you know because there's no context if you do it yeah. before me." I said, "Don't worry, I've, I've got an idea. I'll work it out." Yeah. So I went on after Ray. Ray just had a great set, destroyed. Yeah. I said, "Did we love Ray?" Like yeah, I said, oh, that's great because uh, like if I'm honest, this next guy, he's really probably not as good as the other guys you're going to see tonight. <laughs> but he's a lovely guy. He tries real hard. So, ladies and gentlemen, just be kind. <laughs> <laughs> and then brought Wayne House on, yeah. and Wayne House looks at me because he was expecting because he'd yeah. said to me, "Oh, just do the same as last night." I said, oh, "Definitely, mate," because yeah. he had a riff off that like, yeah. how I introduced him. Yeah. And so he's expecting that, and I threw him, and knowing that Wayne House is good enough yeah. on his feet, yeah. but because it threw him, it, a phrasing of one of his joke, he just left out in a word All that right. made it sound a bit harsher than it was. Yeah. And this girl after the show was telling us how she left his set in tears and you know it really upset her and he's like yeah you look you know and he explained his situation yeah and um but then it was the MC's just, fault yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but then she kept going on and on and yeah. on with it and he just said look yeah, so, yeah. I don't I, know what to tell you at this point yeah. like what do you what you, you've said what you yeah. what upset you I've said you know that's not what I meant, and I'm yeah. sorry if that's what you. But yeah, yeah I, I'm not responsible for your away. feelings. Yeah, yeah. Which is that's the thing too. I, I think that you know you worry sometimes on stage. Or how's that coming across? But if you start second guessing, yeah, how how they might how an any given audience member might perceive what you're saying, then you're you're behind the game. It's down to how do I intend it, mm. get it as clear as you can, and at a certain point you lose control over. Once, once the words and the left words of Fred Lang, be funny. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. That's all you need. Yeah, it's a, it is a simple game, and then it's sense, hard too. It? But with humour, I guess, and uh, it's the one thing, you know, uh, that's muddy in the fact that, like, like for example, we use the the movie analogy. You know, you see a comedy movie, people are like, "That was funny. That wasn't funny. Oh, it was amusing. It was stupid." But you see a Western, you know it's a Western. You see a yeah. sci-fi, you know it's a sci-fi. You see a comedy, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You a, get to decide. A, if a real grey area there. Of, and, and, and it does have to tap into people people's uh, sense of humour and maybe what they're brought up with, how they've, you know, how they've lived their life, you know, how yeah. they want to get on with their life. Well, it's it's funny because I, um, I was only explaining this to my, to my oldest son the other, like yesterday, he comes home from school and uh, he goes, oh, this teacher, he goes, um, he was really, she was really insulting to Steve. Steve's my cousin, right? He's oh. just worked on the, he's a, he's a 3D animator. Okay. He's just worked on the Lego Batman movie. So in the holidays. Yeah. He okay, I've got, um, my girlfriend's friend worked on that too. She's only just gone back to Canada. Actually. Oh, really? She had to go back to Canada after it finished uh, wrapping up. So oh, nice. Yeah. Over at Animal Logic? Yeah, um, it's a good, uh, 
good film and we stayed to watch the credits. <laughs> yeah, so did we. <laughs> yeah, so sure. we, it was funny, we took Steve along with us. Steve wanted to come and so he sat, but the boys wanted him sitting between them. Yeah. And just um, just as the movie's starting, my youngest boy, the six-year-old, just leans over and goes, thanks for making this movie, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and then in one in one part where um, the commissioner, the girl, well, the um, commissioner Gordon, yeah. uh, the young one, falls off the, the bat wing, um, Ted just turns to him loud as in the theory why did you put that in this movie I don't like sad parts <laughs> and so but um so like, anyway. you know when your Lego falls off the table same thing yeah well it's so Oscar's come home from school and um some teachers said oh they were talking about the holidays and this teacher said oh we wanted to go see this but it was sold out so we went and saw the Lego Batman and I thought it was a bit boring yeah. and he was like that is so <laughs> insulting to Steve. Like, he was just outraged. Touched him. Just trying yeah. to explain to him, mate, it doesn't, I said to him, it doesn't matter. Like, not everything is to everyone's taste. It's yeah. all right. Yeah. Like, there's no black and white with this sort of stuff. If you, you know, you, did you enjoy the movie? Did you think it was good? I yeah. said, well, then that's fine. It's a good mm. movie. Yeah. I said, you believe it or not, not everyone likes my comedy. And he was similarly shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my kids are the complete opposite. They, they think everybody else in the world is much funnier, no matter who it is. Whenever they see him on TV and I'm there, that's funnier than you, Dad. You know, <laughs> straight away. And then I know... Uh, that could be a difference of age. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know. They're, well, my daughter's nine. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, no, nah, she just uh, she just likes to poke the poke the bear. Um, but uh, she did come home one day and said that uh, her, one of her teachers must have watched my show on TV, the, the chat show. Must have Foxtel. And must be, must be an insomniac or something, but he saw it, and then uh, she's coming at off. Oh, it's like she's like, oh god, you know. So so she doesn't support it, and rather go, oh that's good, you know. It's like yeah, it's, yeah. He probably didn't like it. Yeah, oh, yeah. great. Yeah. So yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like it. He watched the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he he taped the whole series. Yeah. Now. yeah. So okay, that was um, that's one of the points I wanted to get to. You had will have. Um, what's going on with the chat show? First off, how did that come about? How did you... Um, uh, what was that? 2012? 12, I think. I just I just don't know why we don't have any chat shows in Australia at that point back then. You know, they sort of come and go and um, and have short-lived shows. And but, but the thing I found pitching it to networks was always we don't have enough celebrities. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well... And then the other thing was that they, they kept saying, nobody knows who you are. I went, well, nobody knows who who's on the block or who's on Kitchen Rules or who's on any yeah. reality show until you, you put it on. Put it you on. Invest in a yeah. season yeah. and it's see what happens. It's always that Seinfeld meeting, you know. Why is it on TV? You know, Why are people watching? Because it's on TV. Yeah. Not yet, it's not. That sort of <laughs> yeah. that, that, every time I had a meeting, felt like that. So um, I, I'd, I'd done a couple of things uh, previously and got them on, on up when the Channel 31s were around. Mm. Um, community TV and Foxtel also have their own Aurora channel as community TV channel and a few years ago had had some stuff up on there and when I just had this other idea I thought well I'll, I'll just shoot it myself we'll do 12 episodes to start with I pulled in a lot of favours from people and, um, and and even the random emails out to try and get guests you know that some could see that there was a hole in the market there so um, so, so I did the 12 episodes first in 2012 you know flogged them around made a show reel all that that stuff then ended up getting on go channel for the next two series two and three i think it was two three and then 
Uh, and then all they were going to offer me was because it was just airtime pretty much. Mm. You know, Go Channel was Wednesday at midnight, and I thought, well, I might as well just go back and I'll make another series, put it on Aurora back on Foxtel. And do you notice um, more stoners turning up to your shows? No, you notice like a lot of abuse on social media. That's what you notice. Oh, jeez, oh, it's amazing. You know, like and 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 again, you, you look at people. Go, I can't. And at one point, uh, there was a guy facebooking or tweeting something. And I'd just read, that's right, tweeting. And I'd retweet it. And then he kept saying, I can't believe this dickhead's retweeting my tweets. And I'd retweet that. <laughs> and and it ended up, he's gone from abusing me to wanting to write for the show in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's I said, yeah, yeah, I've just got a whole chain of fucking messages, you um, So Yeah, th- this isn't uh, how you apply for a job, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so the, the last one I enjoyed, um, but uh, producing it myself, you know, becomes... Because There's a, a lot tough, of work you know, in that, So it's, it? a, you know, it's an expensive show reel, I think. Um, but Aurora been great because uh, I gave them some of the past series and they just replay them now. So at least it's out there and has some sort of presence, but it never gets mentioned in... Yeah, we, got, we got a bit of publicity early on in the mainstream media and then, you know, it's never mentioned when anything else starts up. So, um, you know, it's just like anything out there. It's, it's out there, but who knows... Uh, yeah. who'll, who'll find it who'll, who'll see it um uh last year i i think every my, like my girlfriend says every september i get a bit edgy about what's going to happen the following year and uh this year i thought well i won't worry about doing another series um i'll end up i i started this this other uh, venue um which which we looked at about eight years ago at luna park yeah because uh, i live on the the north shore i just walked past and i looked at it and i was just i have this itch i guess I want to see I want to see comedy done well. Yep. Um, and want to respect comics and give them or give all of us uh, a decent audience to work for, you know, mm. uh, or to work in front of. So I guess that that sprung up in my head uh, last year, and I said to one comic, "So what? What? What the fuck am I doing this for again?" Um, because it it was painful the last. Yeah, because you last venue I had, so, um, you you ran the laugh garage for yeah, it was 13, 13 years, thirteen years, and that in the words of Mick Merritt, thirteen years, unlucky number, yeah. yeah. Um, and in the end, you know, there was some you know bad business partners and uh, decisions, I guess that um, you know I, did, I then just had to had to wind it up and clear 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 up my life at that point too. I was going through a divorce, so you know th- there are a lot of young comics out there who probably don't know what it's like to really live a life of marriage divorce kids real jobs yeah but um it's funny though that that i find the laugh garage is a sort of there's um it's almost a a marker uh, a a marker in time for when different people started Hmm. like there was a lot of people that their first gigs were there that are around now yeah there are a lot of i think my second gig was there workshops we did we ran workshops a lot of people that did our workshops that are working now yeah and, uh, and it's it's that um because that that was a that you you had pretty consistent open mics there mm. um and and i remember that was that was my first foray there yeah is getting down doing the open mics and then you know you could do um yeah like to work towards the weekend shows well it's, it's what you sort of see then in you know it's something the comedy store stopped doing so you do look at it and go well how to how are comics one going to get better from just jumping to places, you know, you, you can do gigs wherever, but mm. to to progress from an open mic spot to then 
a support spot to MC to headline. How how are people doing that path now? And I and I'm I'm still don't know how that. That's interesting because I've been works. I've been thinking about that a lot lately because when I like and like I said when when I started there was that where you do shows like the Roxbury. Yeah, yeah. Like that where there'd be a, an MC and a headliner that'd be in the first half and then um and then you you do shows like, you know, you try and get on at mic in hand and you yeah. do the open mic down at Laugh Garage and that there were these rooms but you were never there was very few pure open mics where there was only open micers on. Mm. Um there was no sign up shows that you signed up on the night. You just you had to you sort of had to plan ahead a bit more. And yeah. it was it probably now guys starting there's a lot more opportunity to gig every night. Like they can go along. You can pretty much do an open mic in Sydney most nights now, yeah. um, which I think is great. Yeah. But having gone along, and I was telling you before we turned the mics on, I was telling you a story about going along to one of the rooms. Having gone along there and just chatting to a couple of the guys there like that had been there hanging around 12, 18 months doing these sign-up open mics and they're saying, yeah, I get up three or four times a week. But, you know, like, oh, where else do you do? And they're, But they're only doing the sign-up open mics. Yeah. They're not getting the exposure to, like, at least when you do be part of the open mic, say you, the mic in hand or, you know, the laugh garage early on when, you, when you'd have, if you could get that, uh, like, a, a spot early in the show, mm. you'd be there to watch a headliner work mm. um, and you'd be there to watch an MC that, you know, knew what they were doing work. Yeah. And well, so it, it there gave was you something to look forward to. Well, and also... You something to go, right, I've, I've, got to, I've got to get to that point. Yeah, it also gave you people to learn off. Mm. Like, because realistically, like, if you're... And this is, like, and, and no criticism of the sign... I think the sign-ups are a great thing. Yeah. But I do feel like... And I like to try and get along to them because I feel like when I started, the guys who were seven or eight years along, like, I think Daniel Towns would be in that. Like, if you, if you saw him, you were doing an open mic spot and you saw a Daniel Towns, you'd sort of li- look at him. But he'd also chat to you and you could ask a question or... Yeah. You know, guys like that, where there was that real. He came up to me. He came up to me. Uh, mean fiddler, mean fiddler. He was in the audience before he started. Oh, really? Yeah. He approached me and asked me how to get into stand up. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get into it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that's and that's the thing. Like, I think, like, well, there. Yeah, I think there's. It's an interesting scene at the moment because some of these guys, like, I've seen, go around, and there wasn't a clear path for them yeah. to get but out even of. Even the room now. There's a there's a ten minute free spot now. Ten minutes is a bit more than five, obviously. But yeah. you know, some might have five. I can split that up. But the uh, I, I went to an open mic night to watch where they had a headliner before we opened up. I thought, well, I'm going to go down and you know, yeah, see who's and about, see what's about. And fuck, it was disappointing. <laughs> I got a in the fact that nobody stayed. They did their spot, then left. Well, and, that's di- and didn't watch a headliner who who's a headliner who'd been doing it twenty five plus years, and I, I looked at that and I just went and so in my head it, it frustrates me to go, uh, how the how, but I, how are you thinking to? I think that comes from a place too of the this, there's this idea at the moment and it's come out of sort of I, and I don't, look I'm theorising but. Um, you know the the this idea that New York, which is the the hub, oh, yeah. where guys do five or six sets a night. Yeah, and so a lot of people want to be able to do. Oh, but we were always open that. There were there are other venues that used to bar people working my venue if they were working theirs. Yeah, but you know, and you sit there and go, why? You can't run a room and tell comics that they can't work somewhere. 
Yeah. You, know, you, you want to, the more work you can do as a comic, the better they're going to be at either venue and or venue. And Sydney's a big enough place where, God, if you, if you think that you can control comedy, you know, you, you can't. You, there are always going to be little things, little explosions happening around Sydney and, you know, the rest of Australia where, where rooms start up. Mm. But um, just let comics work, you know. They, they, yeah. they, they can't, you can't say, well, if you work there, you can't work here. Yeah, you well, know? and that's the thing. If, I if think you're running a room, you'd be like, well, you know what, good. You know what, go work there. Work hard, and then come straight to my venue, so you're on a roll. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so you so yeah. you battle hard yeah, and yeah, fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, there, and I think there is that um, that but there there is that thing that these like some people want to do want they want to do the open mic, but they want to do two and three of them in a night. No, no, I've no, no. Yeah, I oh, know you don't. I mean, I don't. I didn't think there was. I don't think they were leaving for that purpose. But yeah, but in the past, I, and I used to take notes of that too. And you go like, oh man, you don't because you, you're, ha- you're happy to give up information. And the same when I started breaking into a circle of people uh, that were like Vince Sorrenti and guys like Rick Carter and Keith Scott, Gary Hoove, that you'd watch do a show, then you'd hang back and then finally they'd, you know, invite you in and then you could ask whatever you wanted. And yeah. And and that was the best learning learning curve you could ever have. You know, you've, got, you've got the resources of all these great comics who have worked for, for years. Yeah. And, that's and there are comics like that now, but... Just ah fuck that I I know everything man don't worry about it you know it's like wow yeah I don't know I I don't I don't I'm hesitant to worry about it yeah I'm I'm just I'm happy to talk comedy with people to people but also on the other side you don't want to talk comedy all the time you've got to find people that (laughs) yeah exactly mates that you've got other interests otherwise you yeah loopy yeah well that's and I think though like I I I'd be hesitant to put like the you know I they put a motive of them not wanting to learn I just think that there's when there was the structure of the open mics at the start of it like the mm. the way the mic in hand runs where yeah. there's acts at all different levels yeah. on and then close with a headliner yeah. that it there is a structure there where you get to yeah. talk to more senior like people that have yeah. been doing it a bit longer and asking or just even sometimes I find just watching them and seeing how they handle there's nothing better than watching than going up not better but you know it's a good learning experience to go up and if you struggle in front of a crowd that you find hard and then see someone go up and do really well in front of them mm. and just sit and trying to think, oh, what was it about how they connected yeah. with that crowd? Yeah. Well, that's, and that's, that works the other way too. When you see someone dying, you can't wait to get up and go, right, I want to turn it. And yeah, you know, I've yeah, got well to turn this crowd into something great. Yeah. Know? And that's what you, you, sometimes you can, you can see a mistake that a comic's made yeah. that cause you're on stage, you're not aware of how necessarily how something's come across. or there's just something small in the audience that they've missed or a context of something they've missed mm. and they lose the audience and you just go, oh, okay, I know how to get yeah. this back. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's like, like I said, like I love the, I love the, the fact that at the moment there are so many rooms and like, because I'm coming into now doing my festival show and it's a new show, so I've been trying to get to as many of them as I can just to run all the new stuff yeah. in front of people. So in that sense, it's really handy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do, I do wonder if sometimes, like I think that there are, there is, they can be their own trap in the some of these. They develop an, uh, their own little scene mm. that because it's, it's and which is fine, but if you want to get, but also you can't get bitter when you when they're down there doing that. Like some, 
some seem to be angry at everybody else. Like, you know, why isn't this happening for me and that? And they'd be like, well, hang on, just... Yeah, you need to get sit, out. And sit back, you know, watch, go. Play every room. Go, go, to, go to rooms, go and watch. Look, I mean, even starting this room, do you know how many calls I got for from comics to yeah. to want to want to work? You know, there was, there was a, a lot bagging it, but nobody... I mean, God, again, I look at any other place in the world like in New York and if there was a comedy club opening every comic would want to know would would go down there you know can I come down and watch a show and you're always going to let comics watch shows and you know come in and hang out and have a drink or whatever but this is like well you know w- w- why isn't anybody calling me I mean, I, you gotta, I don't I don't know how, how some people think with any other job but you know y- you've got to chase work you've got to look for work you've got to find a way in there um you know, you always have to try out something to get somebody's pardon me, somebody's attention. Then, then you're in. You don't have to worry about it. But I th- think social media too keeps people in a in a little bubble that that festers. Mate, badly. I listened. I listened to a podcast that changed the way I'm approaching that shit at the moment. Yeah. I um, I don't know if you've heard the um, you're deleting all your no no no, no. Oh, the waking up podcast right. um with what's his bloody name I. I should know this. I'll edit it in later so I sound real smart. <laughs> but um uh Sam Harris. Right. And he had a um he had a, a guy on an episode I don't know why I'm plugging someone else's podcast. But he had a guy That's on right. Tell him, tag him in it and then he can tag your <laughs> podcast and <laughs> Yeah, it all becomes yeah, a yeah. And, and our mentions all go up. But yeah. it's to do with the way social media works and yeah. all these social media companies. Um he talked about what it is, it's, it's with all the online stuff, it's an attention economy. So yeah. The money is in holding your attention and for as long as you can. And so there's all these built-in little rewards, like the way your notifications, like when you log into Facebook, there's a hang time before your notifications come up, which right. is to do with a, like a get your attention, wait, tension, right. build tension, reward yeah. um, thing yeah. in your brain. Right. And it's it's all designed to it's keep like nobody you... nobody loves me. Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah. And it's all designed it's to just keep you um, there. For, and he said, look, you've got to think about, okay... The attention economy is all about taking parts of your time and you work out what is important and what is an important way to spend your time, what is a satisfying way to spend your time. So I've moved off my home screen. I've moved all my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and that and I've moved them to like a third screen along which I never look at in my phone and I'll check them consciously once or twice a day to go, okay, what do I need to... Because I find too with comedy you can't not be on them. You can't not check them. There's a lot of downtime too for comics so yeah you know yeah it's not as though you're getting up at seven got to take a train to work in the morning and then you know you've got you'll be on the phone and you're making calls and then oh lunchtime's here oh shit i've got to go out and pay bills at lunch and you know i don't have time to check i'll check my <laughs> comics will wake up and go, uh, uh, who's, but it, who's posted something posted i think something? it can be yeah and that's the yeah. thing it can be like if you're going and looking for the funny stuff mm. but i find that, that if i've checked it and I found all the content I like, you know, yeah. watch the videos that someone's posted or whatever. Yeah. I like that. Okay. If I go, if I find those days where I go back to it four or five times to see what else, you end up just reading stuff like that, that makes you feel like, yeah. that makes you feel like you're not doing well enough or, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's too, there's a lot of bluff. Like you don't see too many other jobs where people post themselves at work yeah exactly <laughs> and uh this, yeah that's but and then that's okay. the thing oh look, look at how much I'll, look at how much work i've been doing yes it's good 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 for you yeah, yeah but it, and it's one of those things where like that 
you're only seeing a snapshot of everyone's yeah. day, and yeah. that was the highlight of their the day. Best bit. Yeah. yeah, that was the highlight of their day, and you're assuming mm. naturally that that's their whole day. Mm. And then if you if you get into that mindset, you drive yourself mad. Yeah. And that's what I realised. Oh, instead of looking at what other people are doing, put the phone down and go find something else to do. Yeah. Like yeah. I should, I probably should be writing. Yeah. I probably should. You know, there's always a million things I should be doing. Yeah. Well, I've just finished writing a script. So if there's anybody listening who wants to fund the next great Australian film, uh, just get in contact with me. Yeah, all right. Darren Darren Sanders. Yeah, just do that. Just tag just him go, on go Facebook. Yeah, yeah, just get me on social media and I'm on it all the time. Yeah, he's finished writing yeah. the script now. He yeah. I've got time now. Nothing, yeah. nothing but time to just well, There's a lot of, lot of downtime. I probably could have, uh, feel like I should have written a lot more with the downtime when you're away on working on ships and things like that. But, uh, man, even then you find the days just go. It's, I've got a theory that it doesn't matter what you've got on, you'll always feel busy. Hmm. Like, because I remember, like, I remember, you know, the periods of my life where I look back now and go, fuck, I had nothing doing. Yeah. And, but I always felt like, oh, man, I'm busy. Yeah. Don't know what else I could do. And then, you know, it's like I said. Um, could have got a degree. Yeah. Oh, fuck, <laughs> mate. I, the things <laughs> I could have done. Yeah. I, I remember um, doing a, um, I remember realising when, after we, after we had our first kid, just I remember standing there going, fuck, I can't believe I ever thought I was busy before I had kids. Yeah. And then you have the second one and go, fuck, I can't believe I ever thought I was busy with, with one, one kid. Yeah. And then you realise it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you've got an infinite capacity to do shit. You work just it out. It just depends how you want to move your time around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so you just, you're always going to feel busy. So just, you know, you, and that's the thing. Like, you can be busy with stuff that's helping you or you can be busy with stuff that's wasting your you time. You get to an age now, though, where you want to do something every day that's that's different, maybe, or you know learn something different or have a different thought than, than than something you usually would would do before you know i think it's it's an interesting path age i'm only like i'm not 50 yet but i feel that there's another turning point you can sort of understand what people look at now from you know because, yeah. because we've been younger of course you know haven't been older but we know all those fa- phases and you've got kids so you, you you understand what they're going through you understand what people in their 20s are going through in their 30s and then you know, around forty, but then all of a sudden approaching fifty, you're thinking, ah, this is what, you know, this is what this is what this, these people were were saying or thinking, and yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's quite it's quite calming actually if you if you can get your head around it properly. You know, there are, there are some people that might be depressed about it, but um, it's a it's a very interesting stage where you can sit, you can you can sit back and look at people now and just go, you fucking don't know. Yeah, but I'm not going to tell you like, ah, you don't know, you got no idea. I just go, nah, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, you will live long enough to feel it and then remember what you're thinking now. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. Um, I, I've always thought that, so especially like you get to a certain. The more the older I get, the more interested I just am in in things in general. Like I'm more interested in learning, mm. and I feel like that when I had I remember the when opportunity. When I was younger, I did. I wanted to learn everything, and then I went for a big stage where, oh fuck it. <laughs> now, yeah. now again you're thinking mm, yeah, okay I remember the nine months I um, like I went to uni I remember yeah. parts of the nine months I went to uni I was drinking quite a bit yeah. but um, I do I, I, um, but I always Where'd felt you go like to uni at? Newcastle Uni okay yeah, yeah so I um, but I I realise now like I look at the stuff that that was in those courses and the stuff I could have learned then but I didn't have any context. I had no life experience. I just lived at home with mum and dad. And, yeah. you know, had a pretty, had a pretty good middle class life. Like it was, it was great. So I had no context for what I wanted to know. 
get some life experience and you just go, oh, yeah, that's what I'd love to. And you can actually, you know, you learn about history and you can actually put some context mm. to some things because you've lived through some things yeah. and you, you've seen shit happen or you, you can, you've, you know, you, you go far out. You, you look at, you know, the history of World War One and you look at the average age of the troops and go, fuck, I remember being that age and I was a moron. Mm. Yeah. Now you're on the other side of it and you go, well, how? Like you get yeah. an appreciation yeah. for what people did. Mm. And I, I always thought that it, I reckon instead of finishing high school and going to uni, if you finish high school, do like a trade or something for a few years or just labour or do do some nice manual make make people work. Yeah. And then you get you go to uni in your late twenties, early thirties or even later. Like You should do everything backwards. Should get uh you should move in with a woman before you get married. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. And before you have kids, before you even do anything. You know, have your honeymoon first. <laughs> go on a honeymoon. Yep. First and see how you go, <laughs> and then come back and go. Hmm, this is going to be, this is going to be tougher than I thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I backpacked around the world when I was twenty-one. Uh, oh wow! Uh, started off uh, through Thailand, then went up to Finland, and then w- worked all the way down Hungary and that. And then, but being twenty-one, most of the time it was just a party. You know, you were yeah. drinking it. And then now I look back, going, shit, I can't believe I I went to all those places and did I really take full advantage of the things when I was there. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm sure I did at the time, but as time goes on, you forget. You think, oh, man, I just remember being pissed. Pissed from every, you know, pissed in Greece, pissed in Italy, pissed in Spain, pissed, you know. And the feeling of being pissed probably doesn't change that much from place to place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just just pissed. But but it's just like, you know, you you walk across it, oh, all of a sudden you're in Germany. How great is this? Let's have a beer. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I've got bits of the Great Wall, Berlin Wall, which just came down then. So, uh, and I've chipped chipped bits of the wall away, and I've got them still. But you, you don't realise the whole. You know, hey, the Berlin Wall. But well, then yeah, if you start looking at history, you know. Then you go, oh shit, this and that. And, yeah, with know. some time and context, yeah, yeah. It I all did have an understanding because I did travel with one of those guides or books. Uh, mm. I forget what they were called now. Uh, one of the travel lonely planet type things, I guess. But um, yeah, I just think I wonder what it'll be like now. I don't know if I could do it now. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd want to do it in luxury. I think. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, well, there is a certain yeah. to. Um, yeah, I can't be in a backpackers with people just rooting next to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there is a certain hardiness to youth where you can just sort of make the best of any situation like yeah. that. Like the, the accommodations didn't matter. No, like you just like I, hey, got I'll out of a, I got locked out of a hostel in Salzburg with a scene of uh, where they shot um, Sound of Music. Oh wow! And it was a cold night, but I'd met this American girl, and the hostel had a. Uh, a lockout time, but I'd met her in a pub, and I, you know, you're 21. Yeah, change your arm. Go back there. We're gonna keep drinking, and we'll just sit on the outside, wait for it to open in the morning. And oh, fuck, that was that was pretty cold. I remember, <laughs> I remember in um in Boston getting separated from the guys I was with, and um get going. They I couldn't get in. I didn't have the hotel room key, yeah. and that the guy at the desk was just no help. He was a pain in the ass, and so I just said to him, right. I said, I'm taking those cushions. And I grabbed two cushions off the lounge in the lobby. I went up <laughs> and I slept outside the, the, the door, the, the door <laughs> of the hotel in the hallway. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And that was the thing. I slept fine. And yeah. The boys woke up, let me in. We had yeah. breakfast and yeah. you drove on, back. Go on your, yeah, on your way. Yeah. yeah. The world's, you, know, you sort of wonder if the world has changed or if it hasn't. Or is it your perception? Like the, the 20-year-olds now think, you know, that they don't worry about North Korea or... You know the president because I think pretty sure when I was growing up it was you know Americans against Russia and that was in yeah. all the movies and 
you know, uh, you know, are, are things really going to happen or not? Um, you know, or is it is, is it more out there and more instant now with all the news coming at you that you think it's? I th- I think the this is going to be an interesting. We're in an interesting period, I think, in history. In that, I think our information overload that we get is sort of beyond we haven't got context for it yet like i reckon in 50 years time people are going to know how to deal with the volume of information mm. we deal with well, there's just some so much fluff i mean whatever's going around this facebook this fucking count down the 10 to 1 things whatever it is you know that's just yeah. hit, hit the last couple of days and you just go i can't believe how people just grab onto it and then everybody like it, it is zombie land yeah, it that's what it feels like. It's been like, oh, and then you get everyone else going. I can't, I'm not going to talk about that. We've probably done the same thing now, spoken about it. But you just think, what's important to people? Is is that the most important thing? Yeah, I think you know. Or half the time we're just yeah. sort of stuck with distractions rather yeah. than yeah. anything. And well, that's well, like sheep with half a brain being fried. Is people just bad? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh, now you are sounding like a comedian. Give me your best conspiracy theories. <laughs> no, no, I just, I just, I don't know. It's just, uh, is it people's time or I, I still think people are just in this bubble, you know? And I know, I personally, I wish I had more friends to go out with. I, I look at, I look at that sort of thing, like, mm. you know, uh, being divorced, having a girlfriend, being away working, odd working hours, sort of makes it hard for everybody to match up because most of the people I know are in the same boat. They're entertainers and. You know, they're they're away, they're doing gigs. So, to actually have, um, you know, and, and I'm originally from Adelaide, so I've got friends there. Uh, unfortunately, I've had a, a couple of mates pass away in recent years. So, um, you know, the, 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 all those things impact on your own life, and then you're thinking, okay, am I running out of people? Do I not know enough people? You know, is it is it easy? Who who do I find to go and have a coffee with? And you yeah, know, and and to get out of that rut of being on, you know, just thinking, oh well, I could just spend an hour flicking through stuff or should i go get off my ass and go and meet somebody that i know and and have a drink and a chat it is it is um weird to and like the i i sort of think i've it's hit home with me this year because I, I think i've been busier this year than I, I have been in a while and um just with work and stuff and the that odd working hours is that trying to plan social stuff mm. around um, the odd working hours because they are odd working hours and and you can say yeah I'm taking this you know you know what I'm putting this Saturday aside but part of your brain knows that's it's not you taking a day off that's you that it takes a lot more intestinal fortitude to when someone rings up with a gig that ha- pays money yeah you're going okay I'm going to the footy that afternoon with this guy your yeah. footy ticket now has cost you the ticket. And plus the gig, <laughs> plus the gig money. Yeah. Like part of your brain does that because it, yeah, because so it I is a lot of footy mates that I'd go to the Swans games with. But then the Swans started playing all these fucking Saturday night games. Yeah, just what they went from Sunday afternoon games, which was great socially for me mm. because Sunday afternoon there's nothing else on. You could just go to the footy and it'd be a one o'clock game, and it's a great time to have a beer between one and four and just stand and watch the footy and you'd catch up with your mates and then you go. But then Saturday night li- uh, Saturday night games and just just changed it all well saturday night is that's that's the night that's you know one of the key working nights Mm. with with what what we do so it's not like key working night date night sport night yeah everything and that's it if you do have a if you do have a saturday night off and we don't work fridays so we can't have can't have drinks friday after work yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly we're to drink friday after work it's at midnight friday Yeah. yeah 
And if we're interrupting interacting with people that drink Friday after work, they're generally coming to a show and they've been drinking since lunchtime uh, and they're yeah. they're the ones you're like, Oh yeah, great. Yeah. Glad you're here. Yeah. That's why we figured out we're doing Saturday night shows. Yeah. <laughs> we did Friday, Saturday for a while to suss it out and we just went, No, you know, Saturday's a good crowd, it's a going out crowd, you know. Um so this yeah. is a, give it a plug the Sydney Comedy Club. Uh sydneycomedyclub.com.au. Um located at Luna Park. So we do Saturday nights. Um uh, most of the upcoming shows are listed on the the website there. Um, uh, you've been there. You've got your photo. Did you see the new promo? Check out the new promo. I'll have to check out the okay, new promo. Check out the new promo. I saw it as I got here. Oh, I did, yeah. One of my uh, I just got a little notification. I, I tagged on Facebook by the uh, Sydney Comedy Club. Uh, I don't know whether that was earlier today or whatever. It just came up in an email. But okay. Oh, hang on. No, that, that might be your gig on on Saturday night. Saturday night at uh, Gosford. Yeah. All right. Twenty ninth. Well, this probably won't be out by then. No, no, this will be out. I think probably by Tuesday. Yeah. So, how was your gig last Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah. I tell you it's about good, those, those entertainment grounds. grounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, but no, I, I spent actually most of today editing a edited editing 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 yeah editing a uh, a promo for the club just to to get it out there. You know, you you need movement and all that sort of stuff now in promos. So. Uh, um, yeah, uh, it works works well there at the moment, and, and Luna Park have been great as well. And it's a, and it's a handy location. That's it's a beautiful location, so, um, and it's great when people do dinner and show. And 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 on the promo that we did, they were all actually that's that's all legitimate feedback from people that have been there. That, that's on the promo. So I remember um, uh, I did a asked a few of the questions after one of the nights um, for the guy. I just popped a few. Uh, um, for the for the promo video, that no, must be something else. Who did that? Who asked you? Who to do did that? that? No, I'm sure it was your guys. <laughs> not, not, not uh, they just asked if I could pull some people aside so they could do their um. Oh. Not me. No, you were. It was. I think it was the Saturday night, and you were. Uh, you had to go to basketball. Yeah. Your son's basketball game. Yeah. Was it the Saturday or the Friday? Friday. I remember doing. Would have been a Friday. Doing a couple of vox pops with people. Who was it for? Was it for me? I'm sure it was your. It was your guy. I'm sure. It I was don't have yours. a guy. Who was it then? Oh, know. maybe I'm remembering a different yeah, show. I yeah, remember. Yeah. Oh no, you know what I'm remembering? Something, I'm remembering something good. No, yeah. a different uh, a different promoter who I'll mention off. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember. Yeah, yeah, again, okay. yeah. yeah but yeah, they, those reactions. Yeah. No, this this what these ones here were just uh, written words written oh, words okay. on on on, uh, on Facebook feedback. Well, so. you should try the Vox Pops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you should do. But yeah, yeah, check out the other promo before you do that. And yeah. I'll, and I'll, 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 I'll search. We no, the other promo is in a different. It's a different. Yeah. Uh, venue yeah different style of market too oh, yeah. i'll tell you off uh, okay, off mic yeah, no but um yeah it's yeah. uh they're um yeah that'll that'll be interesting because it is yeah. that i find that's you, you need things to grab people's attention and you need movement you can't just have now the the words and you know the, the picture of the venue or something like that. things have to be flashy and moving and catch people's eye so um hopefully hopefully we'll get a few more uh uh you know, acknowledgements and, and attention mm. uh, towards the club with it. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's at Luna Park, so you get ferry, a four minute ferry from Circular Quay, which is a good ride too. And it's a great ride, and, and the shows only go from pretty much eight till probably nine forty five. So, yeah, at it's the latest. Not. So yeah, and it's, uh, it's it's good to be home by ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now how old do I sound? Yeah. <laughs> but but you can also drink up there as well. It's outside the uh, the exclusion zone of the CBD. North Sydney. Oh, it so, is too. Yeah, so 
The yeah, bar, you can the bar could be staying open to one, depending on how many people uh, it drink, is, drink there after the show. It's a really nice location. I remember, um, it's and a I, be, it's a better location than the other side because you're actually looking at the other side with the yeah. house and. Well, that's what I remember. Um, yeah. the first night, and I just stepped out of the, basically stepped out of the room, just looked up at the Harbour Bridge, and went, oh, "How good is this? This is." It's something about that location that yeah. just you can't, not. Like it, it has its own presence, and yeah. in that, though, yeah, that room was um, yeah, the trains there, really trains nice. there, bus there, ferries there. So it's, it's parking at Luna Park parking, if you need yeah, it. Yeah, so it's not as though so. you're stuck. No, stuck for for getting there, um, and, and it's been good too because we've got a lot of people coming from everywhere. Um, generally, I used to think I'd have just be North Sydney people probably coming with the whole North Shore, you know mystique that you always hear about or you know the snobs in the north shore but man people have been coming from eastern suburbs way down south uh you know as far as the south coast um and of course internationals there as well so there's a lot of a lot of people coming that are here from overseas that yeah good mixed crowd yeah 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 that's it's not i i I thought the um yeah i i enjoyed i think it's a nice spot a nice venue there's no reason that um that shouldn't work and it's good just to have another good room and the thing is too it, it it's funny we you're talking about the you're know, trying to get eyes on things, have the yeah. movement. I mean, I mean, obviously it needs to build. If it builds, it becomes it becomes beneficial for everybody. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, uh, I'm doing it for the love of it, of course. But you know, I don't want to do what I did last time and and do it just for the love of it. I've got to. I've yeah, got to, I've got to eat. Um, yeah, exactly. But also, also you want other comics to eat too. So you know, it's it's that whole thing of supporting something, and then if it. If it gets bigger and, you know, the, 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 all the audiences double, triple and, you know, putting on extra shows, it's only better for everybody. So, yeah. Um. And and I think too, like with the, the hardest thing I think is finding that groove with a room that's new and you got to, you, like you said, get the attention, get people's mm. eyes there. Because you know, like at this stage. I also you know, know the audience that are coming there too at the moment and also the audience that we're targeting. I think we're targeting a different audience than a, a Tuesday night pub gig. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that's we're, we're targeting that's a Saturday night, right? We've got to organise and go out and people are pre-booking, having dinner, that sort of show. So yeah, you don't want to waste their time as well. You don't this is an intentional yeah. night out. Yeah, yeah. Their and, show. You, and you've got to put on a decent show. You want to be the equivalent of Cats, you know. What are we going to do tonight? We're going to go there, we're going to go to see Aladdin or we're going to go to the comedy club or we're going to, you know, just go out in the pier soon. Well, I think, I think that's the thing too is you can... Like and, and also, Opera House is another thing because you, you've got to not, not rival it, but you, you want to keep a standard that it's going to be similar to that area. Yeah. Darling Harbour, Opera House, that, that sort of... But I think area. at this stage, like, you've... One, you've you've been in comedy, run comedy long enough to know how to program a show, but you'd know, too, you know enough good performers, you know how to get in touch with good performers and get them into the, your club, that that's probably almost even the the easy part of the equation is if you can get people in that room to watch the show you know they'll walk out pretty happy yeah yeah well that's what you need people to go and and that that's the thing that comes up with festival you get a lot of comics well if if i'm on a show i can say and do what i I want and you go well no you do that in your festival show if you're on an ensemble cast on a show an mc a supporter and a headliner you've got to you've got to fit into that that mold as well you know that sort of show as a part you know like i know you've got freedom of speech and i'm happy for any comic to have that but the bottom line is, it's got to be funny. That's, yeah, that's all exactly. it comes down to. It's got to be funny, and you know, the people pay yeah. for comedy, not a lecture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as yeah. Le- say what you want, yeah. teach yeah. them whatever you want, yeah. but it's got to be in the context of funny. And aim for six laughs a minute. 
Well, six laughs a minute. Yeah, is yeah, that your uh, six LPMs? Eh? That's the uh, that's always been the going rate ever since I started to to aim for. See, no one really yeah. talks about LPMs mm. so much anymore. I don't think, but it's and what people talk about. Oh, it's like mate, a lot of LPMs, but no one. Yeah. I've never heard of a figure put on it that you should aim for. Six is good. I'd I'd yeah. like to. I mean, uh, you can still you can still do one joke in a minute and get six laughs in. You know. Yeah. You're still you're still banging along and. And and if you can get to that rate, uh, you know, you do a half hour headline, a forty minute headline spot, people are walking out just, you know, holy crap, that was just, I couldn't breathe, and that's what you want to get to. No, that's what I want to get to. Some people might not want to. Yeah, well, that's and that's the thing. Yeah. You want to be able to. Oh fuck it, I'm there already. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, yes. Well, that's the thing too. Is it, yeah, yeah, that was one of the nicest things I think about um, performing once once you. Um, once the laugh garage, once you you'd shut that down and performing with you on bills after that, where you didn't have the weight of the room hmm. behind your performance. Well, it's people's Just perception as well. People's perception was always that they didn't know me from doing stand up. They'd see me there. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. My yeah. my thing was like I felt like sometimes like you'd feel the pressure of fuck. This is my club. You'd, yeah. you'd you know you were trying to some some nights you were trying to single-handedly fucking keep this thing afloat yeah. you're, you're doing all the you know the back announcing you're setting up the stage you're doing all the work yeah. and then you got to go up and try and be funny as well where and that's when i needed blood pressure pills that and that's yeah. that's what i mean <laughs> working with you after yeah. that just yeah. watching you and know like what you're doing gigs with you where you just have to go up and be darren sanders comedian you don't have to be host yeah fucking seating people like doing all the other stuff you were doing you just got and that's when i i you, I could see you on those nights enjoying yourself doing comedy more, and oh. it was just sort of that infectious yeah. feeling. Like you, like I feel like you were hitting where you, yeah. where you do perform the level you do perform to. Oh, thank you. It was easier to yeah. um easy to do that with yeah. like uh, that. Not to say that that yeah. was you didn't do that in yeah. the life garage as well, but well, just when you when you know you've got a body of material you can draw from, you're not that stressed to sit down and think about stuff as well. You yeah. can then go down and go right. You can then. Uh, actually, there was a comic who was at a show in Oatley, and afterwards, I think during when I was on my girlfriend, told me later that she she turned to my girlfriend and said, "How did you do that?" And she said, "Well, it's just experience, you know. Yeah, it's getting a body of work where." And then I think she was trying to say, "How could you? How do you do that? How do you go from this to that to that?" And somebody in the crowd said, "This, so you go there, and you go this way, and you go that way, and." And and that just happens because you've got a body of work that you can then make it appear like you're then oh well this is just off the cuff I'm glad you mentioned and that's airline food you know and that's <laughs> and that's the thing like that's <laughs> the, but also I feel like seeing you I remember I think I was, you you headlined at the maybe it was the mic in hand or somewhere and you just seemed so much you just unburdened yeah. you were just happy like you just on stage yeah. and you just were playing you're in the moment with the audience yeah. there was no no looking at them like you know mm. wor like there was no extra worries on your mind yeah. you were just there in the moment playing yeah. with the audience. and it was just it was so nice to see after that i was like wow this is yeah. this yeah. is how darren should be able to perform all the time like yeah. it's that yeah. i do now yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. <laughs> but and, and like it's funny you should say that about that that experience because i've just I'm just starting to feel like I'm getting to be able to do that more than go with like as I always I was like I'm I feel pretty confident in my crowd work and whatever, but being able to in a headline set because I've been doing a bit more headlining around the place, um, being able to go with whatever's going in the room and then just yeah. come back. Okay, yeah. we'll come back to this and yeah. then let's go over here and just not be 
as it used to be when I first started, okay, you're doing 35 minutes. Okay, I really need to plan my 35 minutes. Mm. But just trusting that I know all my jokes. I've got many yeah. more than that and I can just go in and go, suss it out, go in with a plan of how we're starting and where we want to end up. Mm. And Ye- years know ago, that you're going to find it in the middle. Years ago, I remember sitting on Coogee Beach and I finished reading a comedy book, a book about comedy and structures and whatnot and tips. And, uh, and I did a show that night and somebody came up to me that night and said, did you just make all that up? Oh, Isn't that a great and feeling? It, and it was, you know, and from reading this book and taking these things in to go out and do a show that night and then have that, to, to know you've still done all your material but you've done it a different way that people have just gone, fuck, that was just like, you were just, you were just talking. You yeah. Know? And, and it was all funny, like you didn't try or, and, and that, I get, that, that was a point that, that stood out for me to that, to realise that moment where you're saying there, you can go, oh, Right, I'm just you know I'm doing the same stuff, but I'm just doing it a little bit differently. Yeah, mm. and you contextualising mm. it for the yeah. room, yeah. mate. Um, yeah, I've got to work. I've got to get yeah, got to yeah. get going to work. Yeah. But um, I think we might uh, do a to be continued on this one. This is a, this has been a good chat. I'm looking at my notebook. We no. didn't even get to. I wanted to talk to you about where you grew up and stuff because <laughs> okay. I didn't even know you grew up in you were grew up in Adelaide. So yeah, Adelaide, yeah. we will um we'll have to do another one of these where we get into your uh, full backstory. See how many hits you get on this one first. Uh, <laughs> I deliberately don't check them. Yeah. No, because I I part of my brain is I, I'm a downseller of how well I'm doing, yeah. and I always think if I'm only doing this for you know if I look and there's only like five people listening every week. Yeah then my brain will go, well, oh. what's the point? And yeah. it's very easy for me to justify to stop doing it. Yeah. So I just try and treat it. Like that said, this uh, this is coming after a little, I've been a bit slack um, just because I've been away and stuff. But um, uh, yeah, hopefully, if I, I figure if I ignore the actual raw numbers, I can just assume that there are people who would like to hear all these episodes and yeah. might actually listen. So well, To be continued is a bit of a back to the future. Yes. Yeah. Marty, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, before we go, though, plug everything. Plug uh, anything you want to uh, plug. Mate, just, so, just, uh, Sydney I mean, Comedy Club, Sydney, always great shows. Yeah, sydneycomedyclub.com.au and then my own uh, gig listing is on my own website, darrensanders.com, and that's just got links to uh, bits and pieces that I've done there and upcoming shows and some nice photographs that make me look popular. Oh, nice. And yeah. if you do see the Darren Sanders show on... Um, it's still on Foxtel, channel of, uh, Aurora Channel 173, I believe, on Sunday nights at around 9.30 Eastern Standard. But you know what? <laughs> They're actually all online as well. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so just, check just that out. Just go to YouTube. <laughs> what am I talking about? You don't need to go to Foxtel. Just uh, YouTube channel, uh, the Darren Sanders. Uh, a lot of great guests actually on there. So Yeah, Yeah. excellent. All right, we'll, we'll do this again. Thanks very much for joining me. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate.